Hi, everyone, and welcome to Leadership Untitled with Karen Turner. Before we jump into episode 25, I have a sponsorship that I will be playing now if the technology gods allow. So let's go ahead and give it a try. Hi, my name is Karen Turner, and along with my colleague and friend, Orlando Haynes, we are the co-creators of the Career Accelerator Planner. After sharing this idea with career coaches, recruiters, resume gurus, we know that there is nothing like this in the marketplace today. The Career Accelerator Planner is the only place you need to document your performance, your contributions, and your value. That's right, no more rifling through old sticky notes, trying to find emails you may have written to yourself, shuffling through old notebooks, trying to find the mentions of the projects or initiatives you were involved in that you thought you would never forget. And Orlando and I are not just handing you an empty notebook. Between us, we have over 40 years of experience in corporate America, over half of those in leadership, including senior executive roles. So we have curated the questions and the prompts that we know you need to document to keep that vital information top of mind so that you're prepared for your promotion conversations, discussions about compensation, or if you're considering changing careers or organizations. The Career Accelerator Planner is here, and we couldn't be more excited to introduce you to this invaluable resource. Track your performance, document your contributions, know your worth. Yay! <laughs> That is the first time I have done it. So thank you for allowing me to do that small celebration for technology. But also, yay, I, I am so excited to be able to share the Career Accelerator Planner. Orlando and I are incredibly thrilled to be able to provide this resource. You know, in today's June 1 and at the start of the year, I chose the word collaboration as my word of the year. And at a time when I was going through a pretty significant transition in my life, I am so thankful that I chose to focus on expanding rather than contracting, rather than going inward during a pretty painful time. And instead, having the understanding that there was so much more out there. And this week on the 29th of May, it's actually been, or that was the six month milestone since I left corporate and then made the decision to not return. And I couldn't think of a better way than to honor that decision and the work that I do here through Leadership Untitled and through my institute, Leadership Untitled Institute, to help women and other leaders in corporate, then to release this resource, the Career Accelerator Planner, in collaboration as a co-creator with Orlando Haynes. So I feel like in terms of timing, 
It's incredibly meaningful to me personally. And I know that you will, once you get your hands on it, you will understand the excitement that we have been feeling. So we officially launched tomorrow, June the 2nd in the morning for pre-orders. Supplies are limited. Demand is high, which we are excited about for this first run. We will be live on LinkedIn and everywhere that you're watching this podcast. We will be live at 5.30 p.m. Eastern to, one, introduce each other to our audiences and also talk about the behind the scenes, what it was like creating this planner, and also our best practices for using the planner. We'll also share more about the bonuses that are coming because this is a pre-order and you'll have to wait for a bit before you receive it. We have some incredible bonuses, incredible resources, incredible trainings that are coming your way so that as soon as the planner hits your mailbox and gets into your hand, you will be ready to hit the road running. All right, let's jump into officially episode 25. Again, this is Leadership Untitled with Karen Turner. That is me. I am a leadership coach. I help leaders to kick their performance habit to eliminate overwhelm so that they can focus on building influence, increasing visibility, and gaining momentum in their careers. And in today's episode, we are talking about how to reclaim your meetings. Meetings are not a dirty word. It's not foul language. But I know so many of us, me included, when I used to see a meeting pop into my calendar or onto my calendar, I would cringe. Or if I looked at a day that was full of meetings, I absolutely would cringe. Now, the strategies that I'm going to share are ones that I used for my meetings. And because of that, I didn't dread setting meetings because I developed a cadence um, for how to run an an effective meeting. And that's not just me sharing (laughs) biased, but also receiving consistent feedback from my team members and colleagues. And these are strategies that I've also shared with my clients and have received feedback on their effectiveness. And so that's what I'm sharing with you today. I often talk about building visibility, increasing visibility, building influence here on the podcast. And I sometimes receive the feedback that you know, when you think about influence, you think about it as something philosophical or theoretical. And so, you know, why am I talking about these actionable strategies here? Very concrete tools that you are getting when you listen to this podcast. And here's what I'll say. Persuasion and influence are developed through concrete action. It's not mind games, which is sometimes what persuasion and influence can be associated with. It's not manipulation. It is action. It is others building trust in you when they see consistent action. So when I, these strategies that I share are helping you to develop 
what appears to be effortless leadership. But we know that you are doing the work behind the scenes in order to appear effortless. And as you appear to be effortless in your leadership, you are building trust because you have the foundation to support the strategies and the techniques that you are using. And so the result of that is you become a trusted advisor, not just for your team members, but for colleagues and oftentimes for the leaders who you report to as well. So it's important to not focus or not think about influence and um, visibility and persuasion as manipulative mind games, but instead having the, yeah, having the foundation that backs up what it is that you're doing. Because trust is built in actions and it's built in consistent actions. And that's what we talk about here. And meetings is one of those areas where you can develop those effective strategies, implement effective strategies so that you are building trust. Let's talk about meetings. As I said, it is not a dirty word and the reputation that meetings have earned truly are based in user error. And I'll say it again, it is user error. Running a meeting is not a natural skill or knowing how to run a meeting is not a natural skill, but how many of us, just like leadership, are thrown into it, expected to understand how to manage the dynamics, the personalities, everything that happens in a room without anyone saying, here's a best practice for you. So have no fear. We're going to talk about that. Ooh right here. I just realized the rhyme right here. Uh, you have to develop the skill to be able to run efficient and effective meetings. So I've shared in previous episodes how to manage the one-on-one -on -one interaction. And many of us, because we deal with, we are humans who deal with other humans, the one-on-one -on -one comes a little more easily. But when you're the chair of a meeting, whether it's a regular committee meeting, whether it's a department meeting, a whether you're leading a project, that one chair to many people is a completely different environment. So I'm going to start off the episode with the techniques or the, yeah, with the techniques for running really effective meetings. I had something else pop into my head, real time, lots going on today, but I'll share with you the techniques for success. And the one phrase that I want you to remember is that meetings are one. Meetings are one before they happen and after they happen. Meetings are one before they happen and after they happen. If you are running into a meeting, if you are scrambling to get into your Zoom room before all the other participants get there, and you're looking through your notebook to determine, okay, what are we talking about? I see the meeting name that I called it, but I'm going to quickly put together this agenda to figure out what we're going to talk about. You're going to fail. And 
I know that that sounds like common sense, but it's not common practice. Or actually, in this case, it is common practice for us to wait until the last minute and think that we can have a successful meeting by planning it as we're logging into Zoom or as we're running into the meeting, um, as we're running to the meeting room itself. So meetings are one before they happen and after they happen. If you're spending the bulk of your time focused on the bookends of the meeting, the meeting itself will run relatively fluid and will be effective. So let's talk about what to do before the meeting happens. First, what is the goal of the meeting? At the end of the meeting, what do you want to say you have accomplished, that you are working, that you have worked towards, that you have made progress towards? What is the goal of the meeting? Next, your attendee list. Don't be lazy. Please don't be lazy. This is, I see it in emails, I see it in meetings. I don't want to forget anyone, so I'm just going to invite everyone or I'm going to send this email to everyone. And I understand that at the heart of it, it has to do with not of wanting to have increased communication, not wanting to have any silos, but that when you have everyone attending, you're wasting people's time first and foremost. And then second, it's not meaningful to have someone there with the hopes that they will capture what they need from the meeting and you're not responsible for follow-up. So I want you to curate your attendee list. Narrow it down to the people who, to your key stakeholders and the people who have action, direct action and input into the meeting itself towards the goal. And I'm going to jump ahead a little bit to after the meeting. When the meeting is done, and as you look at the meeting minutes, as you look at the action plan, it's your responsibility to then pull out the meaningful communication or to create the meaningful communication that goes to everyone to keep everyone up to date. It's not up to this person who is adjacent to the project to come to the meeting and try to decipher what it is that they need to take away from it, especially if the meeting is having conversations about nuts and bolts of a project that they're not involved in. Part of your management is making sure that you have the right people and not just inviting everyone. That's lazy leadership, and we're not doing that here. So you've got your goals now, you've got the right people attending, and now you want to work on your agenda. Of course, on your agenda, you want to think about what are the elements that need to be discussed? What are the agenda items? And then what information is required for thoughtful discussion on those agenda items? And oftentimes, thoughtful discussion means preparing in advance. So I don't, you can't prepare your agenda the morning of or the day before, because chances are meaningful discussion requires preparation and the people who are the subject matter experts or the people who are going to be talking about it aren't going to have at the tip of their fingers the information that they need to have that meaningful or thoughtful conversation. So you need to prepare your agenda 
well in advance. Mark it off on your calendar if you need to so that you can take time to prepare for this meeting. So you've created your agenda. You know now what are the agenda topics? Who do you need to reach out to and let them know we're having a meeting in whatever timeline? Here's what I need from you and set the date before the meeting so that you know that they're prepared with the information that's needed. It's not enough to just bring a report or just bring a whole bunch of numbers without analysis to a meeting. The analysis, unless that's the point of the meeting, but the analysis for the most part shouldn't happen during the meeting where everyone's looking, trying to figure out what's happening and you need that information in order for the rest of the meeting to run smoothly. So the report and the analysis of the data should be done well ahead of time. So send out the assignments, send out the requirements, and set a due date that is before the meeting itself. And that could be one meet, one or two days before the meeting, so you could pull together a packet. On your agenda, you're also going to have meeting rules. I don't know when we strayed away from setting boundaries in corporate. Yes, we are all adults, but even adults need rules. So set your meeting rules. We start on time. We end on time. Your presentation, each presentation will be and list it on the agenda and then actually stick to it. But we'll get to that when we talk about running the meeting itself. You want to be sure that you are setting the rule that if there is a conversation that's happening or an issue pops up that's not directly related to the meeting itself, that, hey, we have a process for managing those topics. Oftentimes it's called the parking lot where you put those topics into the parking lot and you create a plan for addressing them at another time, not in the meeting. In the meeting, you're just jotting them down and acknowledging them. So, and then of course you want to be sure that you're clear that there's no scope creep that's going to be happening. This is what the meeting is about. So before the meeting begins, you are, what is your goal? Who is intent? Who will be attending? What is your agenda? And what do you need from your meeting participants or from other team members or other departments, even if they won't be attending? What do you need from them in order to have thoughtful discussion on the agenda items? Again, this can't happen the day of the meeting, this can't even happen the day before the meeting. You need to set time well before you have planned the meeting in order to be prepared. So that's before the meeting. We're going to jump to after the meeting because again, if there's one thing that you're going to take away from today, meetings are one before and after they happen, the bookends of the actual meeting. So after the meeting, you have your meeting minutes. You are going to send those out, of course, but when you send out or when you share the meeting minutes, you are going to pull out the action items, the people who are responsible for them and the due dates that were assigned. So you can highlight them in the document itself, but to be sure that everyone knows top of mind, what was agreed upon, so the action items 
you want to be sure that if you're sending it in the email, that's in the body of the email because most people are not going to read your beautiful meeting minutes. That's just the reality of it. So you want to be sure that the key information is in the email body. Resist the urge to try and add more from the meeting minutes. Add the actionable items. If you're doing this in Slack or any other inter-office communication software, then in your post, you've attached your meeting, your meeting minutes, and then you will, in the post itself, share those actionable items. Then you're going to follow up. This is, so a lot of organizations, a lot of people do this. Here's the meeting minutes. Most don't pull out the action items. It's your job to go through and read them. But you are going to set a cadence for yourself to follow up with the people who have action items. You want to check on status reports regularly. And if this is an ongoing committee meeting or you're working on a project, you can't do that either the day of the next meeting or the day before the next meeting is planned. It requires you to schedule something as a reminder. That's just a note to send to the person. How are you doing on X? Where are you with X? And if as a leader, you are noticing that there is someone who is consistently falling behind schedule, who is consistently not meeting their status reports, then it's important for you to have and be prepared to have that crucial conversation. And then on the other hand, finding ways to recognize your rockers and your rollers. After the meeting, as I already shared, this is the time when you're going to pull out the meaningful information, what was the outcome of the meeting, and share that broadly. So you are going to narrow the focus and pull out what's important for the rest of the organization to know, your colleagues, other teams, and share that information with them. You are not going to just send them the meeting minutes. Don't do that. Again, lazy leadership. I want you to create the story of what they need to know from the meeting, if it's applicable. This is not applicable for every meeting or after every meeting, but it is your job as a leader, as the chair of a meeting, to have an understanding of how the work you do fits in with the rest of the organization and then make a decision about who needs to be notified, if they need to be notified, and what they need to know. Successful meetings require active leadership and active management. You can't let the before and the after meeting bookends go. You have to stay focused on them. Meetings in and of themselves don't run themselves and it requires active management, not micromanaging. You're not telling people how to do their job, how to execute on their action items, but instead you're being sure that you are moving the process along. And so much is forgotten <laughs> in between meetings. And so it requires you to stay alert as the chair. Now, let's talk about the meeting itself. You are the chair and other than setting the tone and facilitating the meeting, 
there shouldn't be a lot that you are saying. You shouldn't be the one who's talking the majority of the time. Because um, then if you are, well, I guess that makes it easier for you to keep track of what's going on. But you need to be facilitating the meeting. And as you're facilitating the meeting, first and foremost, making sure everyone is on time, everyone is sticking to the time, that you're monitoring that the meeting isn't going over the required time, but that you are working towards the goal that was set for this meeting. You need to have a keen ear to understand or to hear, sorry, a keen ear to hear when a topic is coming up that's not part of the agenda, not part of what is being discussed, and put it document it somewhere. So if you're taking minute meetings or if someone else is that you've got a section for topics to be discussed later or topics that don't involve this team at all, but you're going to share with the appropriate team for them to address. You also have to have a keen ear to recognize when a conversation is spiraling. Uh, so often conversations devolve and the chair is like right in there with the conversation and it's no longer productive. So either it's breaking off and having a smaller group meeting at another time or saying, you know what, these are the things that we need to address to resolve this issue. Let's move on. So it's having a keen ear for topics that aren't related to the conversation and also keen ear to realize that we've been talking about this for a while, but haven't come to a solution. Or this topic has been showing up on our agenda week after week, and we haven't made progress. We need to figure out something. And again, is that having a smaller group meeting to resolve the issue? Or perhaps, and oftentimes, if you can't find a solution, it's not your issue. That's a whole other topic, though. Stakeholders have to be present. If you have a team member or a committee member, meeting member who can't attend, be sure that they have handed their information off to you. If you have more than one, you may consider rescheduling your meeting. Reclaim your meetings means that just because it's on your calendar at a certain time doesn't mean that you don't have influence on your own calendar or influence if you're attending someone else's meeting to say, I need to, can you please move this meeting because it's important for me to attend and here's why, or here's the information that I need to give because I won't be able to attend. And if you're the chair, the person who set the meeting, then you also have the power to shift the meeting. Don't look at your calendar and meetings on your calendar as inflexible. Be sure that you are vocalizing, that you are sharing the importance of showing up. And if it can't happen at the date and time that you have set, be flexible in reclaiming your schedule, reclaiming your meetings. If people are consistently 10 to 15 minutes late, whether they're just a person who's late or if a meeting, another meeting consistently runs over, again, look at your calendar work with that team to figure out a time where everyone's time is respected. Nothing sucks more than being the one who shows up to a meeting on time, but it can't start because the majority of the key stakeholders aren't there at the start of the meeting. Consider adjusting, consider changing. You have power over your calendar. 
So I've talked a lot about meetings, not just this uh, episode, but in past episodes, as I've shared, I believe in the power of meetings and I'm passionate about them because first and foremost, it's an opportunity to connect. It is an opportunity as we talk about building influence, increasing visibility, building trust, Meeting with people either face-to-face or even with Zoom is an opportunity to connect, to build trust. And so I will always choose to find and lean into connection rather than relying on email or Slack, again, whatever your company uses. Find the opportunities to build connection and to hear the heart of people. You know, that's going to be my second one. The reason, the second reason that I'm passionate about it is you, when you are trying to manage a project or trying to reach a goal simply through written communication, that can be fatiguing. You are trying to figure out tone. You're trying to guess meaning. You're trying to prevent errors. Like, okay, well, what? What is this person really requesting? And so there's just all this back and forth that happens and that can be fatiguing and it can also be incredibly stressful and it can lead to frustration. So meetings help to reduce that fatigue, reduce that stress, again, allow you to see the intent of the person because you're meeting real time, even if it's a conversation that happens over the phone calls are meetings as well. You might not call them that, but they are meetings as well. And so oftentimes when you take the time to meet, whatever that meeting looks like, and you're planning before and after, you come to a solution quicker. And it's less fatiguing and less stressful. So many companies now are putting in edicts about um, their no no meeting edicts. And I recognize for that company, either there's been experiences, which again, all of us have bad meetings. They have a bad rap for a reason. Meetings have a bad rap for a reason. So either they have had that experience and they're just like, it's not worth it. And they haven't seen the value, which I can understand. It's also a sign that there isn't active management or an active understanding of the role of leadership in running a successful meeting. Again, they don't happen by accident. They happen through active management. And in those organizations, I can tell you meetings are still happening because it is just part of communication. It's Part of moving beyond written, again, avoiding that fatigue, avoiding that stress. But oftentimes in these environments, these meetings happen when a certain level of frustration has been met. And before it boils over or it has already boiled over into into anger or into lashing out. And so now there has to be a meeting to address not just the issue, but also behavior, which could all be solved if we shared strategies and focused on how to have successful meeting instead of, oh, I don't like this, I don't like this analogy, but it's the one that popped up, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. 
keep your baby, keep the meeting, but definitely get rid of the other things that don't make sense. Meetings and meeting management don't happen naturally. Assuming that someone in a leadership role knows how to lead automatically also doesn't happen naturally. We have to share best practices across the board for success. So let me know, did I convince you today? Or do you still think that meetings are a dirty word? Are you still cringing as I say it now? Let me tell you, I challenge you to try these strategies today. Start planning. I know you already have a meeting on your calendar because that's the way corporate works. So start planning before the meeting. Already think about how you want to manage after the meeting Go through this podcast, not just on your own, share it with colleagues, share it with your team, because if you are looking to truly build influence and increase trust, solving the meeting issue, helping people to reclaim their meetings and an organization to see progress and not just think of a meeting as people sitting in a room, that is the number one way, one of the number one ways to build your influence, help others reclaim their time, reclaim their productivity, reclaim their effectiveness. We're working to build a strong community of influential leaders. And when you share podcast episodes, that helps towards that goal. Thank you for being here. I can't wait to hear what you think about meetings. And I will see you in episode 26. Have a great one.